Yeah, so can you kind of tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Um, into- so I'm 24. I've been trading full-time for about four years now. I've been out of school for two. Um, I bought my first investment in the stock market uh, with my own money in third grade um, with my grandpa. I bought 100 shares of Wendy. So I've been playing the market for a long time as more of an investor. So I've kind of always watched the flows of the market over my life, but um, not really as a trader until I was, you know, in, in college, my uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year of college. That's when I started really getting into it. Um, and, you know, with this last bull market, um, it's been a lot of opportunity and it's been really crazy. It's been a really big learning uh, experience for me. And it was the first real mania that I've traded during my lifetime where I wasn't actively trading it. Um, so yeah, that's my experience up until this point. And yeah. So how did you actually someone show it to you? Um, so it's funny. So um I was playing the market. I was playing the market, but as an investor, kind of like a buy and hold, or like essentially buy and hold as long as the story is the same. And then like a lot on on buying real companies and like trying to find um like more value investing, trying to find real companies that are undervalued by the market uh, and just very basic stuff. But so my my dad passed away when I was in sixth grade and my mom dates the surgeon and he plays the market and he is a trader and he trades, he's, he trades every day. And um, so he's the one that really got me into it. He gave me a subscription to Dan Fitzpatrick at Stock Market Mentor and I took some of his courses and that's when I really made the shift from being an investor, a buy and hold investor to someone who actively is trading the markets and is trying to have super performance versus just beating the indexes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so do you think without, I guess that kind of mentor, I guess you could say, um, to show you trading, would you, do you think that you would have the success that you're currently having on? Um, no, I don't. I think that, um, something that I learned right away is that if I wanted to trade the markets is that I don't know how to trade the markets and I need to go and find the people that do know how and kind of can help me develop my edge, you know, that they know how to fish and they're willing to teach me how, and that was always my approach to it. And I wouldn't want to go into something, um, you know, balls to the wall that is so hard just by myself. Um, you know, maybe there's some people that do that, but that really wasn't the approach that I had. And I also didn't really have the approach that I want to just kind of copy what they're doing. I wanted to learn what makes them think that way. Um, and that, I think that that, that is very important. Um, very important. And that those are the first people that when I first started trading that I, you know, listened to, they taught me, you know, you could, you have to define your risk before entering a trade. They taught me some specific plays that I could start to playbook and start to set up like some very simple setups that I could start to look for. And also during that period, I really learned like what, um, what, what kind of makeup of stocks am I looking for? Cause I mean, there's such a vast array of different types of stocks and, in that period, I really learned like what types of stocks I, I want to look for and, and the trades that, the types of stocks that work with the setups that I was looking for. Hmm. So what do you, what do you actually mean by types of stocks? Cause I'm sure that there's probably 
like a few people that haven't traded a lot of stocks before, they might not be that experienced with it. They might just traded forex. Um, what do you mean by types of stocks? Well, every stock has a different like makeup to it. So like, um, you know, every stock is going to have a different number of shares, and then there's going to be a different amount of demand for that company based upon what type of industry they're in, how they're how fast they're growing, how the economy is doing, like the macro backdrop. Um, there's going to be so many different factors that affect that type of stock that you're trading. And like, you're not going to want to, you're not going to want to uh, have a strategy that is for growth stocks on a dividend stock. And so right away, when I first was started trading with these guys, that's, those are the types of things that I was learning, like very early on in my career was, um, what types of make, like what types, what type of, um, like how big do you want the flow to be? What types of sectors, what types of earnings, like how old are, is the company? Like all these different things that are essentially, I would look at it like the stats of the company. Like, um, like that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I was, I was just going to ask, do you think Forex is easier than stocks? Because like a lot of people would think going into the fundamentals of, you know, this company's doing this, this industry's doing this, compared to just looking at a chart and trading it. And that's what a lot of people will be doing with Forex. Um, do, you, do you think that it's easier to trade Forex? Or do you think, you know, it's just because it's perceived to be easy? Well, I think that depends on what types of plays you've developed in your playbook. Because I think if you're a Forex trader and you're a professional and you're one of the best, you've developed plays that work really well in that Forex market and you know how to visualize those plays and repeat them. Where if you're an equities trader, um, you know, you're going to look to develop plays that work better and are more repeatable in the equities market. So, for example, if someone is a trend follower and they want to identify big trends and ride them out, um, it's going to be harder for them to uh, use their methods in the Forex market. Uh, mm. They'd be potentially obsolete because, you know, there's not major trends that are lasting for long periods of time. There are trends that last shorter periods of time. And those are going to be the, pe the people that know how to capture those are going to be the ones that succeed at Forex. So, yeah, it just depends on what what types of plays you're trying to uh, work into that market. You know, what types? Yeah. You know, what, what, what way are you trying to attack that? Like with, for Forex, I think, and I don't have a lot of history of trading currency, but um, for Forex, I think, you know, the top players are going to be better at, you know, capturing really small moves. Yeah. Uh, do you think someone can be uh, like a losing trader with Forex, but profitable with stocks, for example, or it could be anything, right? But stocks and Forex is an example. Um, do you think that the asset that that trader is trading can determine whether they're going to be profitable or not? Well, it depends on what kind of strategies that trader is using. So I think, you know, um, but do you think like, let's say that broad, person, I think it's kind of a broad question. It is a good question, but, um, it's kind of broad because the market is always changing. So the first thing that like, so for me, if I was trading Forex and I was a losing trader there, um, I think progressive exposure is a very important thing whenever you're trading any type of market and you're doing something new. So for me, if I went over and was trading Forex, like, um, 
let's say I'm risking 1% of my account per trade, and then I'm going to progressively get smaller or more aggressive as it's working, right? If it's mm. not working, I'm going to keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller until I'm just trading one share or doing nothing, like trading the smallest amount or trading on paper. And that way, I'm never going to really get beat up by the Forex market. I'm just going to find out that that's not really working. So I'm going to go in with that strategy, start really small. And then, you know, if it's not working, I'm going to keep giving less and less capital to that strategy, right, to that mm. execution uh, strategy, where, you know, if I'm going in the stock market and the strategy starts to work, I'm going to keep giving more and more capital to it, start sizing up more and more. And that's when you can go on a really nice run, you know. So in terms of like that progressive exposure, What's like a really simple way that someone can implement that into that? Okay. So let's just say that you trade breakouts, right? So you're looking for Fed, like macro expansion periods where breakouts are going to hold and like you're getting, you're getting, you know, leading sectors that are making big, nice marked up moves. And then you're trading those leading stocks and you want to, you know, hold them for, I don't know, let's say your average gain is 30%. I don't know, whatever. So a good way for you to go about using progressive exposure is by, you know, it's really hard to explain progressive exposure. So let me think about this for a second. So (laughs) you start with one position, right? So let's say you start with 25% of your account invested, right? So you're going into the market from a cash position and then you have two ways. um, You have two ways that I call the money management algorithms that you're going to add more risk, right? So the first way is by selling half into strength to de-risk the, the first trade, or the second way is to move your stop to break even, right? So you're looking at this trade and you put one trade on, you put 25% of your account into one name, you risk 1% of your account equity, and you, you want to use your money management algorithms to de-risk that trade so you can put more risk on, right? So let's say you buy Tesla at 200 your stop is is 192. Um, you're you're gonna wait for that stock to move up before you're starting to put more risk on, right? So one of two things can happen: either you can be stopped out, and that's telling you to progressively get smaller, or the position can work in your favor, and then you can use one of your money management algorithms of selling half into strength or um, moving your stop to break even to de-risk that position to add more risk, right? So let's say I start, let's say, you know, um, I think a new bull trend is starting. I'm an intermediate. So, you know, there's so many different styles of trading. So progressive exposure for me, you know, I'm an intermediate term trend follower or a home run hitter trend follower. So like, I'm going to be, if I think the market is going into its up cycle, I'm going to start with one position. And then once it can show me it's going to work, I'm going to add another position. Once I can get that first position de-risk, and then if that first position is not working, I'm going to keep getting smaller and smaller until I can start to get some traction going. And then I'm always just building upon success. I, I'm doing a really bad job of uh, explaining this. No, no, that's good. It's good. You, know, you want to, the key to progressive exposure is regardless of the strategy is you're building upon success. So but how far up would you go? Like, let's say you have like a target in mind. You're holding Tesla. You want to, you were aiming for like 250, say, going mm-hmm. at 200. Would you continue to add all the way up to 250? So I only am putting one position on Tesla, right? So I have my one position on Tesla and I'm looking to actually sell half. I'm not looking to add any more one because I bought the proper buy point, right? For my system. And this is where it gets a little tricky, Jacob, because, you know, you have investors. So you have investors, you have position traders, you have swing traders, you have day traders. 
You have all these different people that are trading all these different styles. So I can't answer that question because the trader himself needs to develop a system that works for them. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And there's no perfect system. But for me, how I'm doing it is I'm putting that full position on. And then as it starts to work, I'm either going to sell half or I'm going to move my stop to break even. But I'm not adding more to that Tesla position. But so right. let's say let's say I buy Tesla, right? And I'm a position trader. And I think the market is going to get into a sustained uptrend. And that's why I'm starting to buy stocks and wanting to hold them for you know a couple of weeks, a month, whatever. As long as they're acting right, I'm wanting to hold the, these stocks, right? So I start with Tesla. Tesla works for me and I move my stop to break even, right? So I've de-risked Tesla. Now I'm going to buy another name. So let's say I get Tesla de-risked after two days. Now I may buy AMD. Now let's say I get AMD de-risked. Now maybe I'll buy Snapchat. Now let's say Snapchat gets de-risked. Now I'll buy another stock. And then, you know, now I think Tesla's maybe a little extended. I'll sell half of that position, right? And I'm just slowly building. I'm slowly building on success. Where if that Tesla, that original first Tesla position doesn't work, I'm scaling back. And this can work for all trading styles, right? So for a long period, I was a position trader in my career, right? A long period. Like, um, I mean, we've had some great bull markets in the four years that I've traded. So there's been some sustained uptrends, right? We traded a mania. But recently in the down cycle, longer term holding is it's just not my style right now. Right. So I've adapted and I've been doing a lot of day trading, scalping, using VWAP, um, shorter term move to move trades with all the volatility. And um, with that, when I started doing that, I still did my progressive exposure. Right. So let's say I started to do bad. I would I would. So let's say I came in and my risk for the day was a thousand dollars. Right. And, you know, I'm losing a thousand two days in a row. Okay, now I'm only going to risk 500 because this strategy that I'm using on the market is not being rewarded. So I want to scale that strategy back. So, for example, back to the Forex thing that you were asking earlier, progressive exposure would work really great for that because you're never you're not going to be a losing trader because you're not going to keep going at that Forex market with a strategy that is continuously losing because you're just giving it less and less capital as it's not working, you know. So do you think for like a someone that isn't experienced, they should be doing this? Because like for yeah, me, totally. I can I can see a problem where they would try and switch strategies, um, but not go back to that original strategy when things are working. Can you see what I mean by that? Oh yeah, totally, totally. And you know, you can you can have one strategy like like. A lot of my idols, they only have three setups. They only have two or they only have a handful of setups and they will literally sit out for months on end. I'm trading for a living. So I'm trying to uh, kind of learn some other setups so I can be make pull hmm. some type of cash flow from the market every month. But if I was just trying to create wealth, I have a couple setups that work really well in a bull market and I could easily sit out. I don't need to make money in markets like this. But since I'm going in and trying some different strategies that, um, you know, I haven't made a lot of money yet. I'm always going to allocate a small amount of capital to those strategies until I can start to get them working. And if they start, you know, stressing me out, I'm going to start giving them less and less capital and almost choke them off. And then because I can trade that strategy with one share and, and try to get really good at it. Because if I'm not making, you know, if, if, I'm, if you're not making money at 25 percent, there's no reason to move to 50 percent on that strategy. Or, or, you know, if you're if you're drawing down five or five or six percent, there's no reason to give that strategy temp, a 10 percent drawdown. Like 
you mm. got to start getting smaller and smaller. And then it, it, the opposite goes when it's working really well. And that's when you'll make the most money. And that's when I've had my biggest runs is because I start getting aggressive on the heels of success. Mm. And okay. so the whole idea too, one more thing about like getting smaller when stuff's not working is you don't want to lose money over something you don't understand. Right. I'm only 24. I don't want to lose money over a market. I don't understand or something I don't understand yet because I'm not old enough to experience stuff to understand that. So, you know, I, I don't want to be fighting it or, you know, revenge trading. I just want to be getting smaller when it's not working because you just don't want to be throwing good money after bad. Hmm. I think that's like, I think that's super, I think that's going to be new for a lot of traders um, because from my experience and a lot of the traders that I've spoken to, a lot of them just, well, I mean, I, I've been doing this for five years, exactly the same thing. Just trading one strategy with one setup and one risk management strategy. You know, you, do, you just risk 1% per trade, stop saying you take profits here and that's it, done, done. Um, so I think you saying, you know, trading multiple setups with, you know, different kinds of risk management. I feel like that is something that a lot of traders probably haven't heard before. Um, so do you have like any resources where they can go and learn some more of that stuff? Well, it just, it really just depends um, on what type of trader they want to be. Um, mm. I think SMB has a great YouTube website. I have a lot of good books that I've read. I think you should read every one of the Market Wizards books and check those guys out. Um, Larry Height has a really good book. I think Livermore and Darvis have good books. Um, Oliver Kell has a good book. Mark Minervini has good books. Um, but like, when are you asking like for like what like what exactly are you asking? Can you say that one more time? Um, just essentially like how can someone learn? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just asking how can someone learn to be more, I guess, adaptable and flexible with their trading. So you want to talk about how to, uh, develop, you know, more situational awareness and adaptivity to like the general market and what's working in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So these are very uh, tricky questions because I don't want to act like I have all the answers to all this stuff because I'm still learning a lot too, yeah. but essentially I've developed different playbooks that I have for, you know, let's say we're in, um, a long, like, you know, a long sided market, you know, we have a, we have an expansion period from the fed. I have a playbook for that, right? Because I'm assuming that stock, like the true market leaders are going to have continuations to the upside. They're going to consolidate and continue to the upside, right? That's my favorite. That's when I'm like position trading. I have setups for that, right? And then I have another setup. I have another playbook for setups when we're in the down cycle, right? And, and when we're in the down cycle and volatility is higher. And my risk model, my uh, profit capture model, my progressive exposure model, all those models are different depending on what the market environment is like. Like I'm always having like, um, I'm always trying to have like a, a little situational awareness meeting with myself every morning where I'm looking at the breadth of the market. I'm looking at the breadth of the leading sectors. I'm looking at, uh, can I make money in the leaders? 
I'm looking at the amount of, you know, bullish setups, the amount of bearish setups. I'm looking at all these things to gauge the market to then decide what types of playbooks I'm using. And another thing I think that's super important is you have to look at your stats, right? So you have to have a trader view or have something. Maybe you even journal it yourself in your Excel, but you have to have something that is keeping track of where you're making and where you're losing money. So for me, I had this great um, long playbook, right? That worked fucking great in that mania. Great. I mean, there was some times where I would, I would have 20 winners out of 22, right? And the two <laughs> that I lost on, they just stopped me out like barely and just went higher, right? And that's the type of bull market we're in. I'm not smart or anything. It's just, you know, I was, my system worked well in that market, right? And when you're tracking your stats and you see that 20 of your 22 trades work, that's telling you what you're doing is right, right? But when you're tracking your stats and then all of a sudden you see two out of your last 12 trades work, that's like, okay, fuck, something is changing, you know, maybe these institutions aren't buying here anymore. Now they're distributing, you know, maybe we've changed the cycle of the market because I view the market as one big cycle. Um, and, you know, you want to be taking less risk, right? And then looking to see what other plays are working. And that that's kind of like, that's the best answer I can give you for that, you know? Yeah. But you got to study people. You got to, you know, there's so many different setups and they all have different names and everyone's teaching them a different way. You got to just learn what works for you. And then over time, like maybe you do have just two setups that work only in certain markets, but you're so good at that. And you do that. Like there's no right or wrong way to do this stuff. We're just, you know, trying to make money. Like some traders that I respect so much, they have one or two styles and they're going to sit out when the market's not good. And, you know, and you can do that, you know, and that works for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is like tough. For a lot of traders, I think, because they want to, they feel like they have to trade into money, mm-hmm. uh, or they have to be in the market. Um, so sitting out is tough, and I've I've seen that with some of my data as well. Like, especially with the S and P that that I'm currently trading. If you miss September, typically make more money. So, it's a perfect example of not trading, and you actually end up with more money than if you traded it. So. Yeah, I think that's like a really, really important point. And if there's any young traders that are currently watching um, or listening, what advice would you give them? Now, that could be, no, I don't mean like young as in, you know, the 12 or whatever, in terms of they've yeah, just no, started they're, they're their career. They're wanting to come up and they're wanting to, as, yeah, totally. Yeah. So first thing too, when it comes back to... uh you know, I have different accounts that I trade different strategies in and sit out power is so important. So I, I wanted to bring this up. So I have an account that's a long-term account. And so when I'm long-term, I want to be buying at the beginning of the cycle and then selling at the end, right? So um, I literally liquidated the whole portfolio except one name in February of, t- of 2021. And I have not bought anything in that account until uh, last week on Tuesday. I bought a, a very small, like 2% of the account in DraftKings, right? And that was my first start of building into that. So that's the kind of sit-out power you need sometimes if you're going to be using just one strategy, right? So that's why mm. it is okay to try to develop some more strategies. Okay, so now 
sorry to jump all around, but uh, to mm-hmm. answer the question about what advice I would give to youngsters. So first off, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask this question, but you know, if you lose your money, you can't learn. So the best advice I could give them is to focus on capital protection and sizing down whenever they're not winning and just protect your money and try to learn as much as possible, right? So what I did and like the whole methodology that I had was I went through and I read every single one of the Market Wizards books. And then I went and tried to find every one of those Market Wizards online and see every single quote they've ever said, every video they've ever made, you know, any strategies that they're willing to talk about, anything they're willing to talk about, I wanted to listen to. And then off that, I went and I looked at, you know, you've got guys like Christian Carl McGee and you got guys like Dan Zanger that are turning 10K into 100 million. I went and I listened to every single thing those guys had to say. And you got, you know, you got some guys in the U.S. Investor Championship putting up a thousand percent a year. Go and listen to everything they have to say. That is the mindset that I had. And then over time, you know, I could take bits and pieces from what everyone said and put that into my own strategy. And you have to be very careful not to style drift when you're doing that. Um, and that would be the, the two things I would say would be my best advice is to go and study all the greats and listen to what they have to say, because, you know, your uncle doesn't know everything about the stock market, but these guys do know something. And then the second thing is, you know, if you lose all your dough, you can't play. So whenever you're in a bad period, you want to just really be focused on that progressive exposure and be scaling back your business be scaling back your business drastically whenever you, you know, if you draw your account down 10% with the strategy, then you got to shut your business down because, you know, this is, you know, your business needs money to survive. Right. And if you're drawing it down 10%, that is not sustainable and you need to stop and just, you know, you have time on your side as a young trader. So as long as you can keep your business alive, then you're going to have the time to figure out what you need to, um, to develop the strategies that you want to get the results that you want. You know, it's, you can't, you can't rush these things. And so, yeah, you want to study the best and really manage your risk. Don't mm. be vague about your risk. And you mentioned like, um, not losing all your money. There's like a really, really, or I don't know where I got, got it from to be like an awesome quote that I've got written down. I have like a little, um, like, I guess like a little notebook with loads of trading tips. Um, that I've thought kind of relate to me. And one of them is um, I have two rule, uh, two basic rules about winning in trading as well as well life. If you don't bet, you can't win. And if you lose all your chips, you can't bet. Is that Larry Height? I'm not 100% sure, to be it's honest. I think it's Larry Height. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's he, like he such awesome. a good quote. I highly recommend his book. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I love I love those kind of little. I don't know it's like it's just one sentence, but it just helps so much. Mm-hmm, totally. Well, I mean, yeah, I, like uh, you know, a lot of people have to learn that the hard way, and it's very demoralizing. Yeah, yeah. It, kind of going off that a little bit. Um, what's your thoughts around mental health with trading? Uh, mental health with trading is very, 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 very important. Um, you need to, if you're, I, I think, you know, you want to have a little, I have a little mental health checklist that I go through every morning at 8.15 and then I go through it every day at 12.30. Um, 
so 8 15 is right before open and then 12 30 is midday and then anytime i take two losses in a row i go through my mental routine you just you have to uh you have to build some type of mental routine uh so the losses don't get to you right so that's why it's so important to stop your drawdowns early at five percent to ten percent to um why it's so important to have that mental checklist that when you're taking a loss that, you know, you're not going to start revenge trading and really do damage to yourself. Um, when you're always acting from a place of power, um, I think that that is going to help your mental a lot too. Um, I think that you want to really feel your emotions. Uh, there's a book called trading tribe by Ed Sakota, who's a market wizard that I really like. And he talks about how, um, you know, struggling traders can tie their emotions into K knots and you don't want to do that. You want to embrace your emotions. It's kind of like your emotions can, they're there to alert you, right? It's like, um, you know, um, people that smoke a lot of cigarettes, right? Like they're coughing and their body doesn't feel good. Right. That is to alert them that this is bad for you. Right. And if you ignore those emotions, like it can kill you over time. And it's the same thing with the market, right? So your emotions are just there to alert you and you don't want to tie them in knots. You want to really embrace them and look at what they're telling you. And um, yeah, that that would be my whole uh, thing with it. I think trading, you know, you can get taken into a really dark place with trading. Um, and something that I didn't handle well earlier in my career that has saved me a lot of more money here later as uh you know you have to handle getting your butt kicked sometimes sometimes you are going to draw down five to ten percent sometimes you are going to draw down and then you're going to have to sit out and like be trading very small you're gonna have to watch other people do good and like you have to handle that you know you're not gonna do uh, a thousand percent every year um it's just it's 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 tricky the market's always changing um yeah uh there's there's a lot of good psychology books. I think the Disciplined Trader is a good one. Uh, Van Tharp has a lot of good books. Um, yeah, that's that's basically what I have on psychology. I think um, Jared Teller has a really good book, uh, The Mental Game of Trading. I think, you know, you just want to, you have to be honest with yourself mentally about when you're not trading as well. And hmm that will keep you a lot of mental anguish because then you'll make sure that you're acting from a place of power. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit. Can you kind of give people four elements building that mental, um, like, I don't know what it was, like the routine that you have for your mental health? Um, for me? Just, uh... Yeah, for you or just uh, some core elements that you think should be in um so for me like 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 we talked about earlier my risk models my profit capture models what types of plays are changing on the environment so i'm always doing like a little quick checklist like how much am i risking per for this setup how am i visualizing it how am i visualizing my worst case scenario how like i'm trying to what are my how like what are my emotions like um i'm just trying to run through um like, am I, did I get a good enough sleep? Have I eaten? Like just all these very basic mental things because you get paid to perform in this game. And if you're not at your top performance, um, you're fucked, right? So you're, you're going to get fucked, right? <laughs> so like, um, like you have to have a checklist that you go through that is making sure 
it's like I heard someone uh, compare it to, uh, you know, a pilot, a pilot that is checking their, uh, you know, all the all the checks for the plane. You're not going to just skip some things like you're going to go through the whole checklist every single day and make sure that you're mentally prepared um, to go to battle. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's actually a really good. Doing. I'm sorry. I just said that's a that's a really good kind of way to think about it. Yeah, and it's not just something that you're doing once at the beginning of the day. It's something you're doing once at the beginning of the day, and that's something you also have to check up on yourself midday, and then also something that you need to be checking up on yourself when you're when you're taking a loss, right? You want to train yourself to take a loss, like the same way um, a hitter is in the batting cage is hitting hitting balls off a tee, right? So like. I mean, just depending on what process you're using, right? If you if you're trading frequently, you have to be tr- trained to take that loss like it's nothing, right? It it means nothing. It's a cost of doing business. It's more data for you to collect for your stuff. It's it means nothing. It's like flexing. And you want to train to you want to train yourself to take losses and not let it mentally affect you the same way a bodybuilder trains their bicep, right? Like. Um, like losses can't affect you because it can't affect your next decision. Right. Or else you're going to start throwing good money after bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know this is kind of getting on now, um, but there is a, one more question I really do want to, which is how can traders combat self sabotage in their trade? I see this a lot. Um, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. Uh, when you see it start to, I, I've self-sabotaged a lot in my career. Uh, it's, it's terrible and you know, you're doing it. Um, that's a really good question. Whenever I notice that I'm self-sabotaging, I got to step away. I have to get off the desk. Um, you know, you, you, you journal about it. You give yourself less risk. It all goes back to everything always goes back to the progressive exposure. And for me, my mental checklist keep me from self-sabotaging because, you know, I am making sure that I'm doing a little mental checkup after a loss to make sure that I don't have, you know, I'm not going to reshort. Like, let's say I get stopped out on a short entry. I'm trying to trade a reject, a moving average reject, and I get stopped out and it, you know, and it's setting up another little flag and I'm going to short it again. I'm, you know, I don't want to sabotage myself and just keep trading that that poor setup, right? Um, I want to just move on. And, you know, so I guess the best way to answer that question is just have a mental checklist to make sure you're not going to self-sabotage yourself. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about before we end it? Yeah. So I just, I think, yeah, I have a couple of things I want to talk about. So I think all traders, they need to playbook their setups. They need to know. So, you know, if you have one setup, you need to playbook it and then you need to visualize it and you need to know every little thing about that setup. What, right? what do you mean by playbook? So like you need like, so for example, let's say you have a positive earnings reaction plus a, da- a broken da- daily fade at resistance, right? Like, um, or like, uh, that was a bad example. Like <laughs> playbook it. Uh, what, what does playbook it mean? Play when I say playbook it, I mean like make a PowerPoint and go step by step every single thing in your trade. Right. 
Hmm. So make a slide, like gap down VWAP fade, right? Just making stuff up. And then have like another slide where you go over the bigger picture. So you're looking at what the big indexes are doing, right? And then you're going over themes of what's going on. Then have another slide where you're going over the fundamentals of the company. Hmm. And then have another slide of the TA for the general market, right? And then maybe you have another slide for the TA of that setup. And like, you just want to go through and have every little thing marked up for how you're going to trade this, this trade, right? So, you know, if you're trading a breakout, you want to have every single scenario. You want to know every single thing about that setup. So when I play, say playbook it, you want to get really specific about that setup. How are you going to profit capture? How are you going to manage your risk? Where are you going to buy? Where are you going to sell? What are the fundamentals driving this? Um, is there anything unique about this? Where's the confluence? Like, where are you going to sell? Like you want to playbook it. You want to have everything mapped out. So, so what I would want to end on is making sure young traders are playbooking your setups. You got to know your numbers for your setups then, right? So you can't just playbook your setups. You have to know your numbers, right? So you have to know, like, so for example, me, um, breakout plays, my numbers were amazing in a bull market on breakout plays, right? But my numbers in this market are, would be terrible for that same setup, right? So you have to know your numbers on top of that, right? So moving average rejects are one of my top setups in this market, right? So I literally simply as just fading stocks that are fading off the 50-day and taking partial at an R multiple and keeping the rest, that's a great setup for me, right? And breakdowns. Like, so you got to know your, your stats, right? What, what plays hmm. are you making losing money on? Um, you want to have a mental routine like we talked about. Um, I do have some gurus that I list that I follow to. I try to, I listen to Christian, uh, Kuala McGee. I listen to Dan Zanger. I listen to Oliver Kell. He doesn't have a service, but I, I look at everything he puts out there. I read his books. I took his masterclass. I do think it's important to have some type of people that you can learn the setups from, but then over time you want to pull yourself off of them, right? You can just learn how they're, attacking the market but you want to be able to eventually you don't want to you don't want to go to them and just look at what they're trading and what they're buying and selling you want to go to them and learn how they're thinking what yeah um, it's being able to fish instead of them giving yes uh i would talk about you know really focus get really specific about your risk get really specific about progressive exposure and how you know if this strategy is not working you're going to scale it back and how if the strategy is working, how you want to scale it up, um, you know, get really specific about your money management algorithms. How are you going to, you know, if you want to be a position trader and you want to hold for a long time, you know, how are you going to take half that position off once it's at a small gain to fund that full uh, swing? And then I, I said this, but I'll say this one more time. Some books that I recommend are Larry Heights, The Rule. That's that quote that you like is in that book. I mm. recommend all the Market Wizard books. Livermore book, Livermore has uh, how to make money in stocks and reminiscences and a couple others. I recommend that Darvis has a couple books. Oliver Kell has a masterclass and a book that is very good. Uh, Victory in stock trading. Um, Mark Minervini has three really good books, two on trading and one on mindset. And then, yeah, uh, two other guys that I like. Three other guys I like a lot. Uh, Mike Bellafiore, he has a book called One Good Trade that is really good. Um, and my original mentor is Dan Fitzpatrick. He taught me everything that I know. I like him. 
his website stock market mentor that's all i really got cool well thank you very much for coming on um and yeah i mean i hope everyone gets a lot of value from and um thank you very much for your time yeah totally and then if you ever uh you know want to ask me something you can reach me at alexlizer3 on twitter cool thank you very much